0: Welcome to this podcast from Penrith Church of Christ. If there is anything in this message that you would like to talk about further, please go to our website, www.cofcpenrith.org. That's www.cofcpenrith.org. Good morning. Well, I wasn't expecting to be in church myself this morning. I almost didn't come to church, but Jesus did. And it's great, and it's wonderful, and it's great to be with you today. You know, are you happy today? Yeah, I know some of us are more happy than others, you know, but um, of course now um, I support my adopted nation, Australia, so go to the Wallabies! Yeah. Yeah. And if the Wallabies don't win, we know we have our closest friends, Argentina, to support. <laughs> you know, so, you know, so, but... but But well done to the Old Blacks for winning a great game, you know. We're so proud of them, and of course, sad about the whole thing as well. You know, not only did I win last night um, on the World Cup, I also won the national. We also lost the national cup, what we call the Curry Cup in South Africa. And so my team also lost, so it's a double loss. So please, Wallabies, don't let it be a triple loss. (laughs) You know, so (laughs) don't break my heart three times. You know, but, but you know, uh, it's funny because why, um, the, of course, before all of this, you know, when I was praying, and I asked the Lord, Lord, what do, you wanna, what do you want me to share? And I felt the Lord was saying to me, you know, it's time to rise up. You know, and it's time to become part of the battle. You know, it's time to, to, to lift ourselves up and to become part of the battle that is going on around us. You know, it is easy to live a life that we look at things around us, and we just think like, well, that's, that's other people you know and that's them you know and i'm, I'm happy the way i am i'm I've, I've got i've got it all the way i i needed to have and i can identify with with people when i go on outreaches you know i'm um, like we just prayed for india and nepal earlier i can identify you know because why I, I i remember oh i don't remember i was told the night i was born you know i would be very very intelligent if i remember that night you know you know but i was told the night i was born you know I was told I was born into a battle. You see, the night I was born was the, one of the greatest uproars in Cape Town, you know, one of the greatest riots, you know, against a that happened particularly on that night, It happened particularly in our community in Cape Town, in the suburbs that I lived around. And as my grandmother and my mom tells me that um, when all the bombs were going off and the tires were burning and there was fires everywhere and petrol bombs and uproars, I decided that I want to join the world. (laughs) I decided at that particular night that I want to come out. Most babies will say no, leave me in there. I'm comfortable, but I decided like no. I want to come out on this particular night as I, as my mother and my grandfather was being um, escorted to the hospital. You know, by lots of lots of police to get them through the riots, to get them past people. You know, and I decided at no I want to join the party, and that is why they think. There's something wrong with me because, why they say, up till today, I still want to join fights. I still want to join battles. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm still in this whole thing where I'm, where I'm in this battle. You know, because I, I I think I've said it before, and I often say it that, to me, there, there are two kinds of Christians in this world. They are hostages. Those who just live the traditional Christian life, and life is smooth, and life is wonderful, but you don't have nothing to fight for. you know, or there is something to fight for, but you've allowed yourself to become a hostage. You know, you just live life, you know, you're not going under, you're not not attacking, you know, while in the spiritual realm, there's a mess of war going on. And there are those Christians who are always in this battle because they are the ones who are close to God's heart. They are the ones who live in the spirit because when you live in the spirit, you're automatically fighting against the flesh. You know, when you live in the spirit, you're automatically in a battle. You know, like you automatically because I Satan, it means that Satan is not happy with you. It's okay to say the word Satan in here. Good, you know, because I sometimes because there are Christians who live like Satan is not alive. You know, because we are hostages. You know, we just lay down and he does whatever he wants, you know, and he's happy with us. So if you're not in a battle, that just means the devil is very, very happy with your life. <laughs> Amen. But if you're in a battle, you know that you are doing something right. Often people ask me, like, why are you fighting so much? i because why? I know that I am doing something right because the enemy is not happy. But of course, the Bible teaches us, you know, and we have this assurance that no matter what battle we are in, we are more than overcomers. That it doesn't matter. We're not scared of the battle because we go into the battle with a mindset that we will have victory. And if you don't have a battle to fight for yourself, then I believe that maybe it's time to fight for someone else. You know, it's time to fight for someone else. You know, I identify with certain things because why? With poverty, because I was born in a shack with no running water. You know, I was born in a shack with no electricity. You know, I was born in a shack where there was about three, four hundred of us using one toilet. <laughs> you know, can you imagine using a toilet with about 300 neighbors? You don't want to go to that toilet. <laughs> but I was born there. That's why I still today, I don't like public toilets because I'm going like, man, it reminds me. That's why I'm not very much interested in candles, dinner you know, by candlelight, because why, there is no such thing as a romantic dinner with candlelight for me. It was my life, you can ask my wife. You know, like, she wants to light up a candle and I say, oh no, let's put up all the lights in the house. You know, that is very romantic. You know, there is absolutely nothing romantic about a candle for me. It's not going to happen with me. It is my life. I was born like that. It reminds me, I had to weave candles because I did not have electricity. You You know, I had to boil water to bath myself. And that is where I come from. You know, I was born in a place where it is abnormal when somebody doesn't gun down in two days' time. You know, if someone don't get shot, it is abnormal. I was born in a place where it is very normal for me for people to knock on my door kids and asking for bread or you get that knock on the doors like my mom asked if we can borrow a cup of sugar my mom asked if we can borrow two eggs and of course that borrowing it doesn't really mean borrowing it means it's never coming back <laughs> you know? I was born in a place where I saw kids being hungry all the time and it is out of that way God called me and he said, like, I want you to fight a battle. I want you to, to go into this world. Now, we work with kids every week. We do breakfast clubs. We have feeding things. You see, Australia has, got, has been for years, has had a spiritual poverty that is now manifesting in a physical poverty. You see, when you see poverty comes, it will always start manifesting in a spiritual way and it will will go over because why? we have poverty here, but we should not be having physical poverty. But we have it. It should not exist, but we have it. But where there is a spiritual poverty, you are due to have a physical poverty. And once we can overcome the spiritual poverty, we will overcome the physical poverty. You see, even though I was born in that way, never in my life did I thought I was poor. <laughs> Even though I was boiling water to wash myself, and I did not have an inside toilet, and did not have any electricity, never once did we think we were poor, because we always knew there is someone that is struggling more than what we struggle. And I remember the first time I went to Madagascar, and I came back, and my my, my grandma asked me, "What was it like?" I said, "Mama." Every time now we don't have food, every time we, I'm hungry, I'm going to be thinking of those who live in Madagascar. Because by dating, it's so much worse than what we have. But I believe that God is raising up an army to battle. I believe it's a time to rise up. I believe it's a time for the light of God to go forth. I believe it's a time for sound to come out of the church. A sound that will break every bondage. You see, there are some significant times when the sound came. In the Bible, the first time we hear the sound of God comes in in Genesis chapter 1. When he said, let there be light. And sound translated into light. You know, when we start praying, when we start speaking the word of God, when we start making the sound and we bring out a worship that goes up to heaven, and then heaven starts touching earth. When we start praying, let your kingdom come, let your will be done, here on earth as it is in heaven. When we think about kingdom, we only think about, oh, when kingdom comes, we're gonna get miracles. When kingdom comes, we're gonna get this. But kingdom is really a thinking. It's when our minds are being transformed by, you know, by the Holy Spirit. When we do not conform to this world any longer, when we live the principles of the kingdom, in other words, we start living the way God expects us to live. We start thinking the way God expects us to think. And how do we do that when the word of God goes in and the word of God comes out of us? When the word of God starts transforming our brains and our minds, we start living it out. In other words, when I look at my brother and my sister, I don't talk about them the way I used to talk like the world would do. When I see someone, I don't see them the way the world see them. But I see them with a renewed mind. Because I've been transformed. I'm talking about that kind of kingdom. We know in the kingdom there's lots of miracles and stuff like that. But you know what? In heaven we don't need miracles. So when we say, let heaven come, let your kingdom come. It means also, let us start thinking the way God wants us to think. Let us start behaving the way the Father expects us to behave. Let our words be pure and our hearts be clean the way the Father expects it to be. That is the kingdom thinking. The way God wants us to live. You know, and the second time that a significant sound hit the earth was the night that Jesus was born and the Angel's sang. <laughs> you know? Peace be on earth. When they, and the sound starts hitting the earth, that's when heaven starts hitting the earth. A third time when a significant sound hit the earth is in Acts chapter 2. When a sound and a wind came down from heaven and the church was born. And life was never going to be the same again. And it was chaos. For those of you who like order and structure, when that sound starts hitting the church, it's going to be chaotic. But I like to call it holy chaos. It's when we start looking and going, it's like, we're not supposed to do it like that. We didn't do it like that. We did it for the last 20 years like that, you know. And then suddenly chaos hit. Because when there's transformation, transformation is change. You see, we cannot change and still be the same. And that is when we are going to join this battle, when we say, Lord, we are ready, there's going to be a massive change because now we submit to the king of the kingdom. And we now live by his rules, not by man-made rules. You know, I was watching this um, video the other day about um, all these churches being built in Vanuatu, and you know the saddest thing that I looked at it. At every end, they say, "And we build them a brick church," and that was the highlight. I said, "Why would you do that in a jungle of Vanuatu? Why go and put some concrete there?" But that was the church today. We've accomplished because we built them a brick church. In other words, we built them a structure and we taught them how to behave. Get what I'm saying here? You know, in a village of Venuhatu, in the jungle, when people are living in huts and they happy to walk around naked, we've civilized them. And I feel like we've missed the battle. You see, we should see his kingdom come. It's not about the building, it's not about death, it's about people's life transformed. You know, it's about not. Trying to put them in the structure, which is beautiful for us. Because we need that structure, otherwise we go crazy. Some of us just need a little bit of structure. Otherwise, and we respect that and we love that. But I want to read quickly out of um, Judges. Judges chapter 3. And it says this from verse 1. It says, these are the nations the Lord left to test all those Israelites who had not experienced any wars in Canaan. He did this to teach warfare to the descendants of the Israelites who had not had previous battle experience. And often I ask God, like, what? why, why are we still battling? Because I believe that God is teaching us again to fight. Because I believe there has been a battle that has gotten us to this place, and we become comfortable as the church of Jesus Christ worldwide, where we don't fight anymore really. And the Lord is... They're leaving things. Is allowing things to happen around us to teach us to fight. In other words, we are being called to fight in this battle. And we read in chapter, from chapter seven onward, and it talks about He raised up a deliverer. And I believe that God is raising up deliverers around the world. God is raising up people to fight this battle. People who will see this world change. You know, I have such a belief that we are winning the battle. I don't care what's going on around the world. I don't care how much ISIS is fighting. I don't care how much they're blowing up. I believe that the church will always be victorious. You see, we can sit forever and say, Lord Jesus, can you please come back and get me so I can go to heaven? But unless the kingdom of God is preached to all creation, to every single one, and then he will return. So we still have a lot to do. You know, there are still many out there who don't know about this Jesus. And we even have unrich people groups right here in Sydney today who never heard about Jesus. Who don't know about the kingdom. Who don't know about this wonderful God that we serve. You see, it, it talks about in Othniel, it says like, and the Lord raised up a deliverer. You know? And then again, he, he raised up, in, he, uh, he said again, and the Lord raised up a deliverer. As you continue to read the book of Acts, I'm, I'm sorry, Judges. And of course, Judges chapter 5 verse 7, one of my favorite scriptures, where Deborah starts singing, she says, like, bullets, life ceased, it has ceased in Israel, until I, Deborah, arose, a mother of Israel. This no. is like, bullets, life ceased, until I, Deborah, a mother, arose in Israel. And so, I want to talk just a little bit about this rising up, about what it looks like for us, you know. About when we start looking for a course. That's why when David saw the giant, he saw Goliath. He said, what is the cause for the man who defeats this man? He's looking for a course. He's looking for something. He's looking, for, to def- He's looking to, for a victory. He's looking for a fight. Because there's giants standing within the land. And so as we look at these things, you know, as I was just in South Africa. And, 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 and I don't know what is happening, but God is just doing something in my homeland. Of course, nothing to do with rugby, but he's not doing anything with the rugby. You know, we pray and pray, but he doesn't touch that one. But he's doing other stuff in South Africa. <laughs> you know, doing well in the cricket, but I don't watch cricket. You know, so. But I, but I, I, I started speaking to a group of young people, an auditorium full with young people. Between the ages of 13 and 25. And a sound hit the auditorium. And for three and a half hours, I mean, it was long before I had to leave, these young people started rolling on the ground. Now you need to understand, this is holy chaos. We did not expect this. I did not expect this. I didn't know what God was doing. And I started speaking about the new sound that God wants to release. And we have these indigenous young people laying on the ground rolling over and over giving birth to something new screaming but it's not a demonic scream but they were like so in pain but in the spirits of pain giving birth to something new and within three hours we saw new dancers being released within three hours they started singing songs that like, like like i'd never heard before they started dancing but all this but then this one starts getting up and that one and god was dealing with them as he is raising them up you know, as he is looking for something new, as they are joining the battle, something renewed is happening. And I just, it was so chaos, they kept on looking at me like, I don't know what to do. Because when God starts moving, we just follow, we don't have the answers, we just don't know what to do. But I saw revival break out within that church, within within or in that auditorium, within four hours of me speaking only ten minutes. So I cannot say it was me. I just said like after 10 minutes. I don't know what I did. I just said like the sound is coming and it's coming now. And young people started jumping up and screaming like wah! And they started rolling on the ground, crying and crying and rolling and shouting and screaming. And then they and then um, um in unity, some of them would bring out these new songs. they just say start singing new songs. Now, I cannot explain this to you. I should have recorded it to show you because it's something I cannot explain to you. Then I went to to speak at a pastor's meeting and I said to them, repent. And they started weeping and weeping and these pastors getting down. And hours later, crying out to God and something is happening. Because why? when we connect with God, things always happen. And I believe, as I came back, I asked the Lord, Lord, what was that? The Lord says, I'm doing a new thing. Something that you've never seen before. How many times we pray for the new thing, but we hold on to the old thing? We say, Lord, we want to see you do something new, but I'm going to hold on to the old wineskin. <laughs> you see, if we want God to do something new, we got to place ourselves available for that. And so to see us rise up, enjoy this battle, the number one thing we need to do is trust God, trust Him. You see, we cannot rise up without trusting Him. Because when we start rising up and we say, Lord, I'm going to rise up, I'm going to trust you. You see, many years ago I decided to rise up and I said I'm going to trust God and I'm living in Australia, never dreamt of it. I ended up in Switzerland. I ended up all over the world because I said, Lord, my life is yours. Everything I have is yours. People often ask me like, oh, so you're living a of good life? And we're like, no. I'm praying every day, Lord, send me back home. I've got people I want to reach. I've got family at home. I'm not here for a better life. Not because Australia is a bad place, but it's a wonderful place. But I never wanted to live here. You can ask my wife. I cried and cried and cried when God called me to Australia. I rejected it. I kicked against it. I said, no, God, I shall not go. But here I am. And I've met all you wonderful people because of it. (laughs) It was a blessing within them, you see? We don't know what God has for us. Here I am. So when we look at this, we trust Him. Like one of my favorite scriptures in Proverbs 3, verse 5 to 7, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean it on your own understanding. In other words, don't lean on what you know and what you don't know. But you trust God. You see, if we're going to be joining this battle in this kingdom of God, we got to follow the king. The king has got his own rules, <laughs> the king has got his own ways. You see, we cannot live in the kingdom of God and fight in his kingdom and live by our own sets of rules that we have made up ourselves for my our own family, for my own life. But it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lead it on your own understanding. But in all thy ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. In other words, God, I trust you so much. I carry my heart on my sleeve for you. Lord, I know I don't have this. Lord, I know this is my shortcoming. Lord, I know that I'm not very good in that. But I'm going to trust you anyway. I'm going to be available because I know that you can just use anyone and everyone. You see, I just met a young boy when I was back home, when we were still in Jeffreys Bay. And he used to be like the street kid. I was telling our guys this week, street kid. He used to come to the base and the kids would, the staff and students would kick him away and say, go away. And he would come and look for bread. He would, he would have lunch, breakfast, lunch, and dinner with us. And he was the street boy. But somehow we saw something in this boy. who was from the streets. And now this boy is traveling the nation preaching speaking the word of God. He's now missionary. You see, God can lift up people. God can change our lives when we start trusting Him. You see, I met another guy um, just uh, at coffee with him. And he probably left school at about grade four. And he was also homeless. He is now a Bible teacher all over Africa. <laughs> you see, the things that God can do. You see, it's not about what I have. It's not about what strength i have and that's all beautiful things but it's about putting our lives in the hands of god and say lord i truly trust you you see true relationship with god starts when we truly trust him what are you trusting god with are you trusting god he's a wonderful god you see the second one is what to is it, we need to commit to overcome the opposition we need to commit to it Ephesians 6 verse 10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. You see? When we start trusting in God and we come into the presence of God, we become strong within God. And we put on the power of his might. We start overcoming things. We start seeing God move in ways like we've never moved before. I have just seen God move in Tonga when I was there a few weeks ago. I've never seen the move of God like I've seen it in this last couple of years. You know, everywhere we went, you know. I would be meeting people on the street and I would ask them like, do you know Jesus Christ? And they would be like, yes. And I was like, would you want to have a relationship? And everybody would say yes. Not one person denied and said no. You know? Not one person said no, because there's a hunger out there. I'm committed to overcome. I'm committed to see this battle being won. I'm committed to the call of God. You see, number one is we trust. Number second is we are committed to it. You see, right now we're seeing people getting saved in the streets of Mandru every week. Every week. People say Sydney's a cold place. I say you are lying. Sydney's is the most hot, most spiritual place in the whole of Australia. And I've traveled through the whole of Australia. And I've went everywhere. I went to the middle to see which one is the most spiritual part. And let me tell you, Sydney is the most spiritual place in the whole of Australia. We've got things happening everywhere. We've got crystal stores. We've got forts and towers. We've got things going everywhere. We've got mosques going up, you know. Of course, it's spiritual. And there is a battle going on with the hearts of men. You see, but are we committed to the score? And so we see people get saved. We see people come to know Christ. We see people hungry out there waiting for someone to tell them about Jesus. Tomorrow when you go to your workplace, wherever you go, there will be people waiting for you just to tell them about Jesus. Are you telling them? Are you committed to the call? Are you committed to what Christ has for you? You know, I remember when I I first came here and I worked in a joiner in Wagga Wagga. What a wonderful experience. My goodness, I've never seen so many ungodly people. But I come from, at least people have respect for Christians. They don't swear in front of Christians, they don't smoke in front of Christians. Yeah, it's a whole nother level. But you know what? God saved people in that place. I made myself available to them. And I said, Lord, I am just available. And I was preaching the gospel to them. Because so I will not be quiet when it comes to the gospel. Paul says this, he says like, vote to me if I don't preach. I'm compelled to preach the gospel. He says, you see, he says to the Corinthians, I've come to know nothing but Jesus Christ among you. That is what we see. That is what we do. You see, people suffer sometimes because we are quiet. People suffer sometimes because we simply keep quiet. But there is a sound that God is releasing. A sound that will bring light in the lives of people. You see, let your light shine so others may see. And the Father in heaven be glorified. Sound and light translate in the, same, in the same frequency of the same thing. And so when we speak the word of God, we declare the light of God. And people are saved. People are delivered. And so I believe that God is calling us. A third thing in this whole thing of rising up we begin to walk and stay in the word of god you see when we speak the word when we read the word of god we start speaking the word of god you see we 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 seek to speak nothing else but the word of god it's the word of god and you know, i'm involved in something in australia at the moment i'm part of the, the the eldership or the board of the national solemn assembly next year you know with the indigenous elders there's 18 of us it's part of it and they've invited our very privileged. I was invited into that. A few months ago, I was in parliament giving a bar petition stating the way God intended marriage in this land from an indigenous perspective. And it happened to be the same as the Word of God. You know, they came to me and they asked me, like, what do you think about this? And I all these scriptures I said, like, let's take the scriptures away and we just go with culture. And it got accepted. And next year, October. We will have a massive praise and worship session in Parliament House with thousands of people. We're going to declare God. We're going to let the light shine. I've decided that I will join this battle to see Australia get saved. And we're going to start right in Parliament House. It has just come through. So next year we will be right there. I was meeting again this week. we got a couple of meetings coming on. But we are going to go into Parliament House and we're going to worship. Next year also, we buy, we, we're shipping 50,000 people to Alice Springs to worship. The majority of them will be in this. We're going to get indigenous people from all over Australia. We're going to bust them in, 50,000 of them, and we're going to worship in Alice Springs. You know? You ask me how it's going to happen? It is written down. Just like Habakkuk said, it is written down. It's written down in heaven and it's written down in earth. So I've got hope that Christ will change this nation. I've got hope, as it's been prophesied that the last revival will come from Australia. And it will not just be a revival, but it will also be a transformation. That there will be a light that rises up from this nation that will touch the nations. So as we gather next year in Parliament House, and we gather next year with 50,000 people with the biggest gathering, I'm just happy to be part of it. I don't know why they invite me to be part of these things, but I'm just just there. I'm just going like, yes, Lord, Sometimes I say yes to things, and I'm late, and I wake up like, what on earth did I just commit to? You know, sometimes, if you travel so much, most of the time I'm jet-lagged. So people ask me, like, can you be part of this, or can you do this? Oh, sure. And when I come a week later to my sins, I go, like, oh, God, what did I commit to? But I'm just happy to be there. You know, I'm just happy. So God is doing some stuff in this nation. But we got to begin to walk and to stay in the Word. Psalm 119, verse 105 says, the Word will... The Word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. This Word, a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. When we start living the Word, we start walking the Word. You see, we cannot just live the Word on a Sunday and on a Wednesday. we got to start walking the Word of God. And that's why God spoke to Joshua in Joshua 1, um, chapter 1, verse 8 to 9. It's like, do not depart from the Word. He says, the law shall not depart from your mouth. Meditate on this Word day and night. We've never needed the Word more than we need it now. You see, the people are trying to get the Word out of schools. They're trying to get the Word away from hospitals. But God is wanting His Word to go forth. When you take the Word out, we lose everything. We lose the foundation. But we have to have the Word of God. And we've got to live the Word of God. It's one thing to read the Word of God. It's another thing to live the Word of God. You know. So it's not just reading the Word of God. It's walking the Word of God. People are looking for the children of God. Number four is... To rise up in this battle is surrendering. <laughs> victory always starts by surrendering. Victory always starts on our knees when we heal to God, when we give in to the Father. You see, there's never been a victory won, there's never been a battle won without surrendering to the Father. And if we say, Lord, I give. All for you. I lay down all for you. Because Paul writes to the Philippians and he says this, 3 verse 7. He says, but but what things we gain to me? These I have counted lost for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. Who I may have suffered the loss of all things. And I count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God in faith. I've lost all things. I've given up all things that I may gain Christ. I want to ask you this morning, and I know I'm speaking in a bit of a challenging way. What are you surrendering to Christ today? What are you giving at the Christ? You see, I love Mondays. I really do love Monday. Monday is my favorite day of the week. You can ask my wife, I, I, uh, our staff and students, they, they, I drive them nuts because I'm so excited about Monday. When it comes to Friday, I wish it can be Monday. But I know that Sunday comes before Monday. And Sunday is when we come to church and we get so pumped up and fed up that we can explode on Monday. You see, if we do not live for Monday, then we should not be living for Sunday. Because Monday is my battlefield. Not that any other day, not not that the weekend is not. But when we come here, you know, on a Sunday, we're getting equipped for Monday. You see, I, I like Monday because otherwise I would not come to church. I would not waste my time to get equipped. You see, the church is not for me. The church is called out. The church is only for me to get equipped. It's not for me to come comfortable. It's for me to get equipped so I can be ready on Monday for the battle, and Tuesday and Wednesday. That is why I, you know, I cannot wait for Mondays. Mondays is when we start worshiping. You, I, I mean, like where I come from, like that is our greatest day, our most important day of worship. <laughs> I cannot wait to wake up every Monday morning, go into the presence of God, worship with the people, and then start praying for the nations, praying for our communities, looking at like how we're going to reach our communities, it's talking about the only conversation I want to have with the people that I tell our is about. How can we reach our community? <laughs> how can we reach the nations? How can we touch our neighbors? That is the most exciting conversation that I can have. It's like, how can we touch other people? How can we help people? How can we live our lives and assign the light so that others may see and our Father in heaven be glorified? I don't know why you come to church, but that's what I go to church for. Simply to figure out, to seek the heart of God, what I can do in this world. Not to strive for anything else, but I just simply come so we can live for Christ. And I believe that God is raising up his church in a new dimension. He's raising up to become an army. He's raising up to go into the battleground. But we have to commit to that. We have to say, Lord, here I am. I surrender to you. We have to be willing to say, Father, I'm committed to the call till the end. I want to see the kingdom of God being preached to all nations and to every creature otherwise why do we come together the only reason to come together is to get called out (laughs) to be sent out every time there was a gathering with the disciples there was a sending out every time there was a gathering there was an adding to the number every time they came together they came to share but after that they would go and reach the, the world I want to challenge you today, as God is speaking to us, and He's calling Australia for you know, into the nations of the start at our doorstep. That we will be that voice. That we will be that ones that surrender unto Christ. Wasn't it amazing this morning when we prayed for the poor and for India? I get excited. You're like, this is what we're all about. We're all about sending. We're also about sending, just out here. What will Monday be like for us? What will Tuesday be like for us? Because we share this love of Christ. Because where there's love, there's always sharing. That's why we have so many babies in this world today. Love always. Once to multiply, and I pray, you know, that you will fall more and more and more in love with Jesus. It will make you more and more multiplying out there. Deborah saying, "But its life ceased. It ceased until I, Deborah, a mother of evil, arose." What's life like in your community as it sees? Where's the joy in your community as it sees? Until you, a mother, a father, a daughter, a son of God knows that. So I believe it's time to rise. Amen? Let us pray. Why don't you just rise with me this morning? I pray for you this morning. The sign Lord, I'm rising. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Penrith Church of Christ. If there was anything in this message that you would like to talk further about, please go to our website on www.cofcpenrith.org. That's www.cofcpenrith.org.